We're going to read the account of the resurrection as it's found in John's Gospel, uh, John chapter 20 and verses 1 through 18. Now, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter went out with the other disciple, and they were going toward the tomb. Both of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. And stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloth lying there and the face cloth which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloth, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed, for as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have laid him, uh, Sir, if you have laid him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he had said these things to her. Well, we want to spend just a few moments together thinking about those words of Scripture that we've just read. And I want us to consider a question as we come first of all. What would be lost for us this morning without Easter Sunday? What would be lost for us if we gathered here today as a group of believers to mark our Saviour's death, not to celebrate a resurrection, but to mark the death of our Saviour. Let me suggest to you, friends, that if we didn't come to celebrate a resurrection, if we came only to celebrate a death, then all would be lost. Because as we come this morning to celebrate the Lord's resurrection, we're celebrating one of the most distinguishing facts about Christian, Christianity, the Christian faith, that death has been defeated that Christ has been raised and that he sits on God's right hand this morning, that he lives and intercedes for us as his people. If Christ has not been raised, then none of this could be true. You see, as we gather this morning, and this is a day that eyes. This is a day that encourages us to press on in the faith. It's a day that reminds us that no matter how great the opposition to Christianity may be, that no matter how vast the forces that are arrayed against the Christian church may be, ultimately we come today and we remind ourselves that Christ is the victor. We remind ourselves that death has been defeated. We remind ourselves that the wages of sin have been paid. And we remind ourselves that Christ has been raised as the first fruits of those who would come after him. 
That's what would be lost if we didn't celebrate the resurrection. That's what would be lost if we came only to mark the death of our Saviour. We want to think about three very quick things from those verses in John's 20. Firstly, we want to see the confusion. Good Friday, a mere few days ago, was a day when it seemed that everything had been lost. When Jesus had been crucified and it seemed like the end of the world to his followers. Given that the Sabbath had been rapidly approaching, they hadn't even had time to prepare his body as they sought adequately for burial. So early then on the first day of the week, now that work can be done again, Mary comes to finish the preparation. Mary comes to anoint his body for burial. As she approaches, she sees the stone that had been there guarding the entrance of the tomb had been taken away. And she doesn't know who's done it, but clearly she thinks that it's somebody who means harm, somebody who means evil, because she runs to the disciples and she tells them, look, they've taken the Lord out of the tomb. They don't know where they've put him. Clearly she thinks this is the work of someone against Christ. Mary's confused about what's happening. She's confused about what's happened to the body of Christ. And so the only thing she can think to do is to tell the disciples. Mary's confusion. But then we see, secondly, confirmation. Peter and John, the disciple whom Jesus loved, run together. John outruns Peter. I see a few boys uh, in shorts this morning who are maybe planning on running up uh, Slemish afterwards. You can have a race with them, see who, see who comes out on top on that. John has Peter he peeks in. He stoops low to see what it is he can see lying there. He won't go all the way in. But as he peeks in, he sees the linen cloth lying there. And Peter arrives after John, and in true Peter style, he just heads straight in. Go in first, ask questions later. He sees the linen cloth lying there. He sees the face covering which had been on Jesus' face, not lying with the linen cloths, but lying folded up by itself. Now what's this conveying for us? What's this trying to suggest to us? Well, it's telling us that this was a scene of order, isn't it? It's telling us that this wasn't a scene of chaos. This isn't the work of grave robbers trying to find something that they could make a quick few quid off. This wasn't the work of thieves who were there to steal the body because they would have just taken everything with them. The whole point is that it's controlled. The whole point is that it's a scene of order, not of chaos. It's the work of God. That it's God who's raised Jesus from the dead. That death has been defeated once and for all. After Peter's raced in, John thinks, well, I may as well go and have a look as well. And we're told, verse 8, that he saw and believed. Now we need to work out exactly what it was that he believed. Because we're told, verse 8, that he believed. But then we're also told, verse 9, that they didn't understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. So as John goes into the tomb, verse 8, as John believes, verse 8, what is it that he's believing? What is it that's confirmed for him? Well, undoubtedly, it has to be that John believed Jesus has been raised from the dead. But how do we deal with verse 9 then? That says they didn't yet fully understand. What does it mean that he didn't understand? It means that he didn't understand the full implications. It means he didn't understand fully what it meant for Christ to have been raised from the dead. But he did believe that Jesus had been. I was trying to think through the week of a way to, to illustrate this, and you'll have to, to run with me. Let's say you go and buy a new top at Balamina Mart. You've done your research. You've figured out that this is the kind of top that will increase the productivity of your flock. You've bought it. You've paid the money over through clenched fist. 
It's yours. He's in the back of your trailer going home with you. You believe that he's yours. What you really understand is the difference that that top is going to make to your flock. Maybe he's going to produce heavier lambs. Maybe he's going to make your flock more productive. Or maybe he's going to be infertile. Until the top gets into your farm, you don't realise the full implications that buying that top has had. You don't know for certain how he'll perform. So too for John, he believed that Jesus has been raised from the dead. But he doesn't understand the full implications, the full reasons as to why that had to happen. He believes, but he doesn't yet fully understand. And we see that even in verse 10, because after they see that Christ has been raised, what do they do? Everyone heads home. They go back to their daily lives. They don't yet fully know what Christ rising will mean. They head back to their everyday lives. We've seen confusion. We've seen confirmation. And then finally we see comfort. Everyone else is home, but Mary is moving to the tomb. And as she looks in, she sees two angels sitting where Christ had been. Mary clearly doesn't understand as John had. Because she says to him, to them, look, they've taken my Lord away. She sees Jesus standing there. She doesn't know it's him. He asks her, who are you looking for? Who is it you're seeking? Why are you standing here weeping? And she says to him, Thingley's the gardener, look, if you've taken him away, please tell me. Jesus speaks her name. And immediately she's comforted in her sorrow. She now knows that Christ has been raised. We started by asking the question, what difference does the resurrection make this morning? As Paul reminds us, if Christ has not been raised, then our faith is futile and we are still in our sins. But the great news that we gather to celebrate this morning, the great news of the gospel, is that Christ has been raised from the dead. That our faith is not in vain and our sin has been atoned for. Death has been defeated. Sin has been defeated. And Christ has been raised as the first fruits of those who will come after him. Friends, come rejoice and celebrate today. Rejoice and celebrate and glory in our risen Christ. Who has defeated death once and for all. Let's pray together. celebrate this morning. We thank you that we can rejoice together. We thank you that death has been defeated. We pray that you would bless us in all that we do for the rest of the day. We pray that you would go before us. We thank you that every Sunday is a resurrection Sunday. Every Sunday is a, a Sunday when we remind ourselves that Christ has been raised. But we pray that you would bless us as we gather together to worship with your people this morning. Encourage our souls and do us good this Easter Sunday we ask in Jesus name. Amen. Oh,